ESPN's The Far Post podcast. We're back with another Express Post from the Women's World Cup. The round of 16 has begun. I'm apologising in advance for the audio quality here. We are recording in interesting locations once again, but it doesn't matter. We ride, we continue. We have two very massive round of 16 clashes to talk about from yesterday, and we absolutely cannot wait to discuss them. But before we begin, we want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands we're recording on today, the Wurundjeri and Wungal people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. For today, you have me, Marissa Lordanik, Angela Christian-Wilkes, and Anna Harrington. So let's begin with a Tilly's update, because it's been a couple of days since we last had a chat about the Tilly. So Harrow, what is happening in camp? A little bit going on. They've obviously moved to Sydney. Um, Sam Kirk, half watch, uh, she's got doorstopped by Channel 9 yesterday. Um, so today is obviously Sunday. So on Saturday when they landed in Sydney, um, got asked, you know, how are you feeling? You're right. And she said, I will play. Um, evidently, again, not thought about being doorstop. Training this morning, we saw her just on the bike. They've said it's very much a loading thing, like one day off on feet next day off feet we saw um sam post some photos yesterday of her like training like properly by the looks of things you know vests on in amongst the playing group um running kicking etc etc so that's all good um we'll find out more when we have the presser with tony gusson and caitlin ford which is later today which um you'll know all about by the time you listen to this podcast um got to be some question marks over uh, Tegan, Micah and Courtney Vine's availability. They both sat out training. It was said to be a load issue. Um, not sure how a backup goalkeeper has a loading issue, but we will see what has happened there, um, whether that's an injury concern or otherwise. And then um, Kai Simon got involved in training, the most I've seen her involved. Um, so a bit of a watch and wait on there, but otherwise spirits seem pretty good. I think they know what they're going to do. Um, for me, it's whether they can handle being I suppose the favourites rather than the out and out underdogs and that will be a big test of their maturity on Monday night and we will see so yeah that's my Tilly's update I reckon we uh, my vibe is we'll see Sam Kerr I, I also feel that we will actually see her for the first time this tournament which is a very pleasant feeling and just to add to the vibes being good in Tilly's camp uh before they started training today they were listening to steps five six seven eight so how could the vibes be bad when that song is playing? But um, like Caro said, we'll talk about the press conference tomorrow. We'll have a bit more of a preview of the Denmark game tomorrow. Um, but today's focus is on the two matches from yesterday, which was Saturday. So we had Spain defeating Switzerland 5-1 and Japan defeating Norway 3-1. So let's start with this Spain-Switzerland encounter. Angela, how much of this game did you watch? How much are you surprised by this result? I ended up seeing most of the game. Um, I think I ran a little behind schedule and started watching from 30 minutes, by which point it was 3-1 from memory. A bit of a jump scare. I wasn't expecting it to be that much of a blowout, but as we discussed on the Daily Pods kind of predictions coming into this, Switzerland scored two goals in the group stage. They got through on two scoreless draws, it's it wasn't shocking you know um and I just think they seemed even at that point in the game when you think they would have a little bit of you know time to settle and and figure out what they were doing they did seem a little bit all over the place they didn't seem particularly organized um Spain just 
took it to them. And unfortunately, I had to see happy Jorge Wilder content yesterday. So not a huge shock, no. Um, To be fair as well, like, that, you know, this was a Bomasi masterclass. Jenny Hermoso scored. That goal, you know, like, that was a defensive error, but the, still the finish was fantastic. Um, Yeah, this is very much, and I think Spain played very much the way that you would expect them to. They can, you know, pull apart defences easily um, when they're they're on, like they're they're playing well and they're playing cohesively. So yeah, not a not a huge shock at all. Um, unfortunately for Switzerland, I really did enjoy watching Switzerland at the Euros last year, but again, even then it wasn't like they were they were banging in goals and that kind of thing. So yeah. It was what it was, you know. Yeah, I'm just doing I mean, a lot of hand gestures at this point. I mean, when you look at the um the social media posts coming from some of those uh, Swiss players, like um, Leah Volti, for example, like I think it sums up they knew they were well beaten on the day. It was very much like we have done well, but our journey ends here. Well done to Spain. Um, it's not like the full blown devastation that is probably like seeping out of Germany and Norway, for example. Um, friend of the pod, Instagram, just said, "Should we ban Switzerland from all World Cups because they consistently get out of the group stage and then never do anything beyond the round of sixteen, men's or women's?" It's a valid point. Um, we've all thought it at some point, except Angela clearly. Um, someone slamming a door. Um, so <laughs> no, it was going to be really loud and cut me off mid sentence. So, um, yeah, I've, Spain was just all over them. Bomati was clearly the best player on the park, like, comfortably. It, she just dazzled. Like, two of her goals, the two goals she scored were just superb. Like, the second one where she controls it and then, like, swivels on the ball and gets it over to her left foot and then just threads the needle. It's except- like four people just slammed this door near me. Um, not a good spot to be. Anyway, um, yeah, they were all over him. Uh, but we didn't talk about the own goal because what the fuck was that? Um, Leia uh, got in a... We know that Jorge Vilda made all these changes to his starting lineup, including um, debuting a goalkeeper, like international debut for, I think she's Barcelona's second choice goalkeeper, um, just Cole. And the the mix up where Corina who was starting her first um, game of the tournament as well, like there's a long ball coming in, she's sort of struggling to deal with it, and just goes, I will hoof it back to my goalkeeper, but the goalkeeper is not where she's expecting the goalkeeper to be, and the goalkeeper is also not anticipating any sort of rushed back pass, so is obviously no one like just not in the vicinity of the ball and goes in for a pretty spectacular own goal to be honest, like she hit it from a fair way. Um, but I think they just underline the mix-up of when you've got an unfamiliar team coming together. Fortunately for him, he has many good players who were able to quickly recover and get the game back on their terms. Um, mentioned um, Bomdi, but we saw Redondo, I thought was really influential in the wing, had a couple of good chances, scored one, helped create uh, one of the other goals. Um, Onya Batia um, for the Redondo goal was really good. She whipped in that cross and yeah, they probably could have, honestly, in another day, won by more. They did it comfortably. Um, and, yeah, it's going to be um, interesting to see because they play the Netherlands now, right? So our, our listeners will know that the Netherlands have qualified. We're not giving them spoilers. 
so that's going to be fascinating to watch. Um, I think it's a very important response for them after the way they got hammered by Japan as well to not sort of scratch their way through here to be really quite comprehensive. Um, but I'll be intrigued to see how they line up in the next game. Like, do you throw Pateas back in? Do you make some changes? Was it about resting players? Was it about making statements after the Japan game? I'm going I'm to be intrigued. Um, I was happy, though, for Kabina that she did manage to score a goal. Like, that bundled one home, a bit of a redemption arc for her. So, yeah, it was uh, entertaining enough, but Spain did it very, very comfortably. Do we know why? Um, well, what's the goalkeeper's name? My apologies. Just grab it here. Uh, Casa Cole started was that, and then Panos was benched because I feel like if it isn't a choice made out of necessity, it feels a bit arrogant to come into around a sixteen game and do that. But again, I'd, what would I know about? But yeah, um, I was just quickly mentioned like Rosie has taken a shine. Uh, my girlfriend who did not watch soccer before the World Cup, but now she's an expert on goalkeepers. So she had some um stern words for Switzerland's goalkeeper Thalman, and then towards the end, it really seemed like she Thalman really kicked into gear. And Rosie's like, "Yep, see, someone whispered in her ear that she was going to lose her job if she didn't start playing well." So, but see, good. I feel like <laughs> Thalman has kept them in some games. To be honest, like uh. Not to question Rosie, but I'm questioning Rosie. It's not her birthday anymore, so <laughs> I feel like yeah, that one's yeah. really been quite good. Like as far as the goalkeepers who've had howlers go, she's not um not been one of them. I think. Yeah, she kept yeah, she kept them in that uh, against Norway. She made some big saves as well. So she made a big yeah. save ahead of one of uh, Bombardier's goals. Anyway, come at me, Rosie. What are you going to do in Sydney? I love that. We've gone into fighting words, but um, mentioning... I don't even have strong feelings about (laughs) about the Swiss goalkeeper either. I just like being right. We know you love being right, and you know what? You've teed me up for a perfect segue. I got to enjoy being right because Norway, the absolute frauds, are out at the hands of Japan. They lost 3-1 in the other round of 16 game from yesterday. To me, again, this was a deeply unsurprising result but a really good validation of everything that we had seen Japan do in the group stage was very much real and they were able to bring that into the round of 16 so I suppose Hara what impressed you about this Japan side and um, were, were you surprised that Norway offered very little resistance? I was surprised at how badly Ingrid Engen played. Um, that must have been one of the worst games. She's had the poor thing, the own goal, and then I think there was the deflection off her for another Japan goal. So I think sometimes players just have those days when nothing goes right. Um, that felt like that for her. But, yeah, Japan, they're just awesome. They um, they press well. They get on the counter well. They play with – they can build up possession well. They do everything. Like, they, they just feel very complete. They have all the hallmarks of a genuine contender in that they're flexible, they can change things up. Um, what I thought was really important from them was to see how they responded when they actually do get challenged because they had a pretty straightforward group stage. So when Norway hit back and actually looked like they might do something for a little bit there, um, the way that Japan responded and, they, yeah, they were helped a lot by some big mess-ups by and mix-ups by Norway, but they capitalised and... Um, yeah, they, they just look so dangerous. 
Okay, I'm back. Um, Hinata Miyazawa has just been fantastic, just scoring goals for fun at this World Cup, and it's been really exciting when you've had, um, you know, say like a Sam Kerr on the sidelines for almost all the World Cups so far. It's nice to see another striker really, really step up, and they've just scored such lovely goals as well, Japan. Like, they're so young, they're enthusiastic, there's a lot of newer names for people that maybe have followed them in the past. Um, they play it, they just look completely energized um a lot of credits got to go to the manager for that they yeah they, they look awesome like they're playing the, some of the best football we've seen they've looked reliable um the one thing that might be concerning for them is um and it was a bullet header to be fair um from Gura Wrighton that gave Norway a foothold in this game but just I think they won't want to see that sort of thing from set pieces again like just getting out muscled out leaped out jumped and as I said it was a great header in the first place but yeah, they, they don't look like they've got too many weaknesses at the moment, which is a pretty exciting position to be in. Angela, what did you think? They're just a delight to watch, right? Um, Like, it's so nice. And also the kit, lovely, absolutely lovely. Um, Apparently, so the, the vice president of my soccer club got many, many requests as to whether we could have a kit in pink and purple or like lilac and you know baby pink at some stage um because of this game uh yeah Japan just I that uh, I just the way that they play and it's really interesting I don't entirely understand what Norway's game plan was in this second half of the game as well because it felt like maybe they were looking to counter-attack quickly but as soon as they would kind of have possession Japan would press really effectively and force a turnover or force them to make a bad pass and Japan's pressing game is just outstanding but also yeah like in terms of um the mistake I think that led to Japan's second goal yeah the one with the deflection um they just kind of like nip in they're like oh yep that ball, that's mine sorry excuse me and um so they're just and yeah, they're they've got this like great tempo to the way that they play, um, and just so many great players. I really enjoyed watching Endo play in this in this game, um, and I think she was really great at um, yeah winning the ball back and putting that pressure on Norway. But there's it it feels like they're a very even team. Um, there are you know some incredible players that are banging in goals for fun, as you say, Harry. But at the same time you can't really play this style of football without having everyone on the same page and everyone knowing what they're doing and having that, um, I guess, understanding of where your teammates are and what you're going to do next and how you respond to particular situations. Um, for example, yeah, when you lose the ball, what do you do next? So in terms of game management as well, like credit to the the coaching staff as well for being able to like, this is a really well-drilled side and, yeah, I'm really excited to see how they go for the rest of the tournament. Um, and back three as well. They heard they were like, Melbourne Uni Women's State League 3 are doing back three. So, okay, we'll get in on that. And, you know, credit to them. They're doing very, they're doing it very, very well. This is now like the third or fourth time you have mentioned Melbourne Uni State League 3 doing a back three. So, like, I respect the commitment to the bit. Um, but, yeah. The difference is Japan are winning with the back three. We're still, <laughs> so, you know, we're looking, we're getting there, we're getting there. But yeah. you, you'll get there in the end. Um, as we said, obviously, 
four quarterfinals, we'll have Spain, Netherlands, Japan will, I think, play the winner of the Sweden-USA um, clash from tonight, which is obviously going to be massive either way that goes. But, yeah, just um, I think a lot of people, we all know that Spain is a very good team, not Spain, Japan is a very good team, but I don't think any of us really factored them into kind of any sort of prediction. So the fact that they have been able to produce this kind of unexpectedly or at least not in any sort of way that people, you know, people weren't really um, circling them or highlighting them, they've got to feel pretty good about the way things are going. But those were the two round of 16 games. Like we already said, we're recording in the afternoon on Sunday. So we've already had one game today. We will have Sweden, US tonight. We will talk about those tomorrow. We will talk about Tilly's Denmark tomorrow and the press conferences tomorrow. Are there any final things we would like to share on this very express post? No, enjoy a little silent pause uh, from all of us there. But that's it. We're done. We're fast and we're furious. But as always, thank you for tuning in. We're over on ESPN.com.au and the ESPN app, as well as Spotify, Apple, Google, all of the usual pod spots. If you like what we're doing, subscribe. And if you want to have a chat to us, we're at the Far Post Pod on all social media. But until next time, play it.